you all, so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in and day out. <laughs> we about to get it in, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to our kind of pod, a special UW football-themed episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Boyd. Joining me today was Michael Stanton. Stanton and I finally got a chance to talk to each other about the Chris Peterson resignation, uh, Jimmy Lake's new tenure as the head coach of the Washington football program, uh, the Apple Cup, and also the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl, which we are oh so excited about. Uh, after we got done talking football, we pivoted to basketball uh, and broke down this year's team, the frustrating Gonzaga loss, but uh, also the tantalizing details about this team. Um, that will make for a very fun season. And then we spent the last 20 minutes or so of the podcast building the Tougher Together bingo board, which you can play along with uh, with us as we, we play bingo uh, for events that happen with the Husky basketball team on Twitter uh, during most games throughout the rest of the season. Uh, so that was fun as well. Thanks for listening. Hope you all have a very happy holidays and go dogs. Hey, uh, just out of curiosity, I'm going to test out my mute button. Just want to make sure it functions as expected. So let me know if I cut off talking right about. Yeah, you cut out. And I'm back. Now I'm talking again. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, just in case I need, if I need to like cough or something. Yeah. <laughs> Vomit. <laughs> yeah. Throw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I got that on recording, so I think we're, we'll start right there. Um, All right. Happy holidays, Stanton. It's been uh, been a little bit. We did a, a pre-Apple Cup show, I think, like a month ago. Um, and uh, since then, lots has happened. There was a football game that is very insignificant in relation to the, uh, the other uh, news around the program. Chris Peterson, of course, steps down as head coach of the Washington Huskies. Um, First question for you, where, where were you when, when it happened and, and what was your first reaction? Uh, where was I when it happened? I think it happened in the morning over here. Yeah. So uh, I was sitting in my at my desk at work and it was like one of those really busy days at work where uh, you just can't look at your phone, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my first reaction is like, ah, oh, I didn't need this today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selfishly. But then second reaction is like, you know, if out of all the people to replace him, I feel like we got the guy that we, you know, the number one guy, at least on my list. So there was some reassurance and a calming effect from the uh, Jimmy Lake side of things. Um, but I was, you know, I can't sit here and lie about it. I was shocked. I didn't yeah. see this at all. It was a very tidy process, I will say that. Um, you know, for for most most transitions in college football, it's like this guy's out. Who is it going to be? Having that all figured out in one fell swoop, so it was one press release instead of two. Um, I think was was a really smart thing by the by the program, and obviously the equity Jimmy Lake had built up over the years helps a lot with that. Um, mm-hmm. But my first thought was, you know, you know that this time of year just is the most bullshit ridden Twitter rumor time um and when it first happened i was like really like that like we're caught in one of these stupid things and then it quickly like within five minutes from when i saw it was just a twitter rumor uh was a was a press release from uw and i was it was pretty surreal to to have that um have that happen because just there was there was no no expectation that that uh, that was even a possibility yeah i mean in typical peterson fashion he did something that honestly makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, <clears throat> I feel like we forget at times with people at uh, high profile people like this, like they have a life too, and they're also humans. Um, and that job, a head coach in college football is an incredibly demanding job, both from just time and just how laser focused you need to be to, um, compete at the highest level, which Peterson has done for pretty much all 14 years that he's been a head coach. And um, just to hear him talk about, you know, wanting to step down and and focus his life and and things, you know, in a different direction and help other people uh, 
things like that. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so initially, obviously, like I said, he, and like you said, huge surprise, but then when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, this, this is kind of a no brainer. I mean, if I were in his shoes too, um, you know, at his age 55 and I was doing this for 32 years and had no time for, you know, my family or things outside of football, I would probably make this decision too, as hard as that decision may be. So um, I have no issues with the move. Obviously, not that I would be ever be in a position to, you know, that that would matter. <laughs> but but uh, no, I totally get where he's coming from and why he did it, and I'm honestly happy for him. I think it's a, um, you know, obviously he's he's been an outstanding coach, and I'm just happy that we've had the chance to have him be our coach for the last six seasons. Yeah, well said. Uh, I did the the reaction pod uh, that day that it happened. But then uh, the one thing that I didn't talk about, which hadn't happened yet because the press conference was the following day, um, was just his timing with it. And I thought the most interesting part of everything was him talking about not appreciating the Rose Bowl. Uh, and that was his tell, yeah. uh, which I can kind of empathize with because for me, that was just such a busy time. And I was like trying to see everybody and, you know, that was mixed in with New Year's and I had to fly out. And I can kind of empathize of like... I didn't really sure. get to just sit and enjoy fully uh, the spectacle. But when I did and just kind of, you know, it, it all hit me, it was like, wow, this is this is amazing being here. Um, yep. And to go there and do that and play a football game and not have it, it really like resonate, I think it was a really honest thing. And, you know, we just don't – you wonder how many people are currently in positions and just in college football where they feel very similarly and feel like they're just kind of running through the motions with everything. Uh, but aren't going to take the move that Peterson did for financial reasons or what have you. Um, so it's just interesting to, to get that transparency that, yeah, people can do this job, which might seem like the best job ever and something you aspire to for your whole life, but it also mm-hmm. might drain you entirely. And and what does that look like? So yeah, props to Peterson for doing it. Very mature move. Uh, any other thoughts and- on that or do you want to talk about the the new coach? Uh, I think one thing that should be mentioned, and this is going a little bit off of our usual path of talking strictly sports here, but um, something that, you know, we've heard all about our kind of guys, you know, obviously this podcast is is named after that that saying that he's instilled at UW, but uh, his Built for Light program, which Jimmy Lake has said he will continue on after Peterson, um, has really been a game changer for for this program. I mean, we've seen Utah football rise to first in the APR ranking in the Pac-12, which is the academic progress rating, um, which is they've attained an all-time high in the last couple seasons, unseating Stanford for the first time by any Pac-12 school in the 14-year history of the metric. Um, to So we're now in first place in that. And that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, football is great and all, but you know, it, this is this is school. They actually go to school here. So, um, uh, yes. Uh, who is it? Unlike Dwayne Haskins, wasn't it Haskins or someone last year that uh, said like, that was uh, that was uh, Cardell Jones infamously Cardell Jones not here to right. play school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, surprisingly enough, we we are up here in Seattle. So um, I think that says a lot about you know what type of person Peterson is, and obviously had his priorities in check, and um, it's really paid off in that regard. Yeah, in a in a world where Joe Burrow and Justin Fields are talking openly about how they don't really go to class um, and don't <laughs> actually like Justin Fields has never been on campus at, at Columbus, um, it is nice to have uh, that part of it as as a you know even if your team is is uh, seven and five in the midst of a disappointing season and you've lost your coach, it's um, it's something to to take solace in. Uh, for sure, Jimmy Lake. Um, speaking of you know, Bill for Life is staying. As far as I can tell, you're much more dialed into recruiting than I am. No decommitments um, from no. from this whole process, which is pretty incredible uh, because that that is kind of a, a staple of any coaching change is the decommitments and then the recommitments coming from you know a new coach brings new recruits. It's how yeah, it's how the Huskies Husky basketball team got Nas Carter and Amir Wright. Um, that type of transition, but in this, it's been very smooth. No decommitments. Jacoby Covington recommitted uh, yesterday. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so far so good on that front. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, odd scenario where, uh, we've actually gotten a recommitment since Peterson has left, uh, obviously probably not related to, um, you know, Peterson leaving that he Covington recommitted, but just goes to show you that, you know, there's, 
there's still a lot of belief in in Jimmy Lake, and he's obviously proven over the years that he is one of the best recruiters around, especially on the West Coast. Um, and you know what's nice about this change from a recruiting standpoint is like like you said earlier, this is this is someone who's familiar with the program. Nothing's going to change on defense pretty much like at all because that was already Lakes to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a unique in in a transition of head coaches that. I feel like most teams aren't lucky and fortunate enough to have. Um, everything kind of stays the same. Philosophy stays mostly the same. I mean, Blake spoke a little bit about how he wants to be more aggressive in all facets of the games, which is great to hear because we've talked at length on this show about how we've been con- too conservative at times. But um, from a recruiting standpoint, it's really easy to stay in the boat here because um, not a lot is changing in that regard. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy Lake is 13 years younger than Chris Peterson, 42 versus 55. We'll see how much that, that changes from an optics perspective. I mean, just even thinking about something as dumb as, as uniform continuity, Peterson was very, you know, we wear, we, we wear what we wear. There's no, you know, the, the stormtrooper, all whites, those were just kind of for recruiting pictures. They're not really a real thing. Um, we'll see how much that type of thing changes. Um, mm-hmm. but change is kind of fun, you know, like after the four years of, of Jake Browning, um, you know, you, you, you get change, change brings perspective. And so flipping to that, you kind of recognize what you had with, with Browning in that era. Sure. Um, and so I think we'll get a lot of that with this and that there'll be some growing pains early, but, um, but hopefully some, some new benefits that come with, with having Jimmy Lake as coach. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the, the biggest thing that's interesting to me now, obviously they'll play the bowl game is that I imagine that if there's any personnel changes on the staff, that those are going to happen uh, very quickly after the game to uh, first get those people into, if they are getting fired, get them into positions where they can get uh, hired at different places, uh, but then also to um, you know be in a position where you could work from the pool of other coaches who are available uh, quick as quickly as possible. So I think if we sure. don't hear that Bush Hamden or others have been fired within – like a week of the of the of the Las Vegas Bowl, it might not happen. Yeah, and honestly, from what I've been reading and hearing, I I'm feeling more so like it's not going to happen. I feel like there's just gonna they're gonna try to maintain continuity within the coaching staffs. I mean, we we won't know until after the bowl game, but that's just the the feel that the pulse I've gotten so far. Um, as we've talked about before on this show, we would like to see some change on the offensive side of the ball uh, in the coordinator position. But um, ultimately, that's now up to Lake, and we'll see what happens come you know December twenty second. Yes, and on. Can't wait. Uh, we'll see you at the. What, what, where are we watching the the bowl game? The, the Sunset Tavern, perhaps. Yep. Yep. That's Front Street in Issaquah. That's where we'll be. See you there. Uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about the last football game the Huskies played, which was, um, a very long time ago, but, uh, yes, you know, spit happens that, uh, we're just now getting a chance to talk about it. Um, <laughs> the apple cup was, uh, was a 31 to 13 win. Um, it was the exact same score. Did it count? <laughs> it did count. Yeah. There was no, precip- okay. no white yeah. precipitation in the, in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell from the television broadcast, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, 31, 13, again, the second time, uh, Chris Peterson has palindromed, um, <laughs> the, the, the Cougars to <laughs> borrow a, a phrase from uh shutdown full cast lore. Um, but, uh, I want to give a sincere thank you to Mike Leach for, uh, a doing the exact same shit over and over, uh, but then B keeping it out of Max Borgie's hands, because that was the only, <laughs> the only thing that Cougars could do. Uh, it seemed with success and they just stopped doing it because, uh, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing makes sense over there. So, um, I just love the fact that he, you know, a, a lot of people heard this, but after the game talked about how they're at such a disadvantage in recruiting, even though they, he's, you know, said the opposite that, Oh, that doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah in other games. So I don't know why it matters now. Um, there's always something with that guy when he loses an apple cup. Um, I honestly would be completely fed up with it if i was a kook fan but for some reason they think he's the second coming so you know let's just let them have their day and uh and keep thinking that but um yeah i i 
I'm very happy that we have uh, a coach named Chris Peterson and moving forward Jimmy Lake compared to uh, one Mike Leach. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's it's so weird because the the distance between the programs, like it doesn't really feel. Obviously, we've been to a couple of New Year's Six games, but it doesn't really feel like we are so much better than them that they wouldn't have got us one of these years. Um, but just just the the as as kind of out there as his strategy is, it's 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 his strategy, and it's it's just a a, a very insanity. Yeah, it's he's going to continue doing <laughs> it, and knowing that, um, you know, just just the the you saw it on Twitter over and over from form, former Cougs, from former Huskies, saying you know same shit, different day, something to that effect, over and over. Just like man, they really they really have five plays and run them over and over. And uh, the Husky defense, you can kind of tell, took a little bit to calibrate in that game. Um, first first drive, Wazoo march, marches down. Um, yeah. but I think playing the long game of figuring out, okay, this is, this is what it's going to be. Um, and then just dialing in and, and, and there it was, uh, yeah. Anthony Gordon, uh, just zero regard for, for the, the importance of the football. Just some, some <laughs> of the throws he had were just like, dude, are you kidding me? He had, you know, just the, the, um, the, the pick there by McDuffie, um, the one by, uh, I forget who had the second pick, but, um, just way too laissez-faire with the ball and the Huskies yeah. took advantage Molden. of Molden. Yeah, Molden got the other one. Yeah. That's right. Mo- Elijah Molden was phenomenal in that game and has been really, really good uh, for, for most of the season. Mm-hmm. And we're I, th- I think we're going to be lucky enough to get him back next season for a senior year. So uh, that he should be one of the leaders on this defense for Jimmy Lake come next season. Yeah, he's been great. And it'll be interesting to see what position he plays, if whether he'll get the yeah. Miles Bryant safety treatment um, to move back there and, and, and <laughs> be in a position to, to affect the game a little bit more. But um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrell Bynum, great in that game. Um, I think a guy that with Puka Nakua – is someone that you could staple in as, as probably your, your starting receiver yep. um, next year. He has really emerged um, as a security. Never would have called that. <laughs> well, yeah, Lauren Kirschman tried to tell us in, in, from the Tacoma News <laughs> Tribune when I had her on before the season that oh, I was okay. the player to watch. Um, nice. And uh, it took a little bit, but he really established himself as kind of the third down guy, the the slant over the middle on third and five um, at several points over the season. But then uh, against Wazoo, getting, seeing him kind of bust open down the field, uh, not a guy that's like blowing past you with speed, but sure-handed, uh, big-bodied, and and seems to have a good grasp on this offense. So that has been a nice uncovering. As as frustrating as this offense has been, Bynum is definitely a piece going forward. Yeah, he's. Let's see here. I think he's amassed close to 300 yards. Yeah, 26 catches for 301 yards. He's kind of come on more so in the second half of the season. Um, only a sophomore, so we'll have him for two more years, assuming he doesn't have some incredible breakout next year and um, you know moves on. But yeah, he's been very nice as a kind of a revelation in the passing game. Um, I'd also like to see there's been some glimpses of Jordan Chin, um, even though he's only had three catches this season. He's all you know, two of those three catches were touchdowns, so he's a deep play threat that. Uh, could factor in next year but yeah puka is the name there that you mentioned that's really going to be the guy and obviously uh, we've talked about it previously but we want to see more of the ball in kate otten's hands so i would hope that he's more involved in the passing attack because uh he's been very efficient but just not included as much as he probably should have been this season one of the uh, the reasons he'll be included definitely more next year is the the uh, announcement from Hunter Bryant that he would be going into the NFL draft. Uh, mm. Very expected, I think, for a guy that's been through as much injury wise as he has, and for how much talent he he has, it's 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 time. So you know, you, you know, nothing but the best for him. He was awesome, frustrating at times with with uh, the the drops and the the health, but um, my God, what a talent he is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great for him. It's unfortunate for us to lose such a such a great player. Um, I guess my only selfish, um, my only selfish disappointment about the ordeal is just not having been able to see him play more in a Husky yeah. uniform, given those injuries. I think he, any, I think he saw nine games and then like less than that in the other season he played before this season, which he played the whole season. But he only had eleven receptions last year, for instance. So. Um, obviously wasn't involved very often because of his injuries, but 52 catches this year for 825 yards. Is that correct? Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite awesome. a bit. He's really good. Uh, 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, another great tight end uh, coming out of UW into the NFL. So we'll see how that translates into the the pro game. Yeah, I think we talked about it before the season of he is uh, very similar legacy-wise to Byron Murphy, of just a guy who was phenomenal when he played. Just you never really got that much tape of him uh, because of because of injuries, and he was only there for, you know, in Murphy's case, two seasons plus a redshirt, and, and that was it. Yep. The Bob uh, Sanders uh, type. Yes. Tri- there. Yeah, very good. Um, the funniest part about the Apple Cup to me is uh, that Wazoo is about to play Air Force in the uh, in the bowl game. He's uh, at bowl. <laughs> yeah, which is just the the like literal polar opposite of of their identity. Um, uh, Air Force throws like ten times a game, and Wazoo does you know hands the ball off about ten times a game, well, like 15, yeah. fifteen, but very very minimally. Um, so it's just hilarious that the, the, uh, diversity of styles or, or, um, polarization of styles there could not be, not be greater between those two. That'll be a, a fun one to watch. Um, and it's the cheese it bowl. Too, and it's the cheese it bowl. Just, you got to laugh at a bit as well. Yeah, so not hey, it's only like what their 15th bowl ever or something like that. So it's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I pretty sure though, Mike Leach has more bowl wins than Chris Peterson does. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're playing in those type of bowls. <laughs> yeah, versus a little years. different when you're playing Bama and Penn State and Ohio State, but um, yeah, such is life. Still, we it, w- it would be nice to have a little bit better record than one and four so far with Peterson and bowl games. The but. best way to get that done will be to take care of things uh, next Saturday as the Huskies play Boise State, which is just yep. so delectable um, in the mm-hmm. in the Las Vegas Bowl. What's the sponsor? It's like a a tires thing. No clue, no clue at all. It's yes, it's the Mis- yeah. Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> Duh, um, wonderful. Yeah, uh, the Huskies will be without Hunter Bryant, uh, who has uh, foregone for the NFL draft. Uh, Trey Adams has Trey done Adams. the same thing. Um, much appreciation for both those guys. Trey Adams has been a stud for his whole career. Um, another guy who. Uh, really could have gone last year, but um, I think wanted to put some more on tape and, and had a, a, a very nice uh, senior year. I don't know if he's still the you know the top ten pick that people may have regarded him at some point in his career, but um, a guy who will be playing in the league for a long time. Uh, Jacob Eason has decided to continue playing to to play at least for the bowl game. We'll see after. I think that's a good sign that uh, that he is inkling towards coming back. Um, what what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean. Who knows? But obviously, he would have to play in the game to keep that that uh, quote unquote dream intact. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, signs are good so far. But again, we'll 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 learn a lot come December twenty second and beyond. So, um, I'm just honestly, I'm I'm kind of ready just to get this one over with, move on from this season, focus on Husky basketball, and then pick it back up come August of next year. So, um, Las Vegas Bowl, it's fun. That you know, the Boise State angle is fun, but honestly, that's pretty much the only thing that's keeping me interested in this. And then seeing the seniors play for one last time. Um, Other than that, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm a little burned out when it comes to college football. Yeah, it's been a long season. It's a slog. It's a slog. A uh, little on Boise State. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer was their freshman phenom. Went into Tallahassee and beat Florida State week one. Uh, he kind of had a mysterious injury string this year mm-hmm. that has held him out of the last uh, four or five games. Um, it's been Jalen Henderson, the senior from Texas, at quarterback for the last four weeks from from Boise. Uh, Ten touchdowns, two picks over that span. He's been really good. Um, a six-one dual-threat guy. That'll be interesting to see how the Huskies defend him. UW is still somehow seventeenth in the country in S and P Plus, uh, which is pretty crazy. Boise is thirty-first. Yeah. Uh, UW right. has a big or slight advantage offensively in those metrics. Much better defensively. Um, the the teams also have uh, two common opponents. Boise whooped on uh, Hawaii twice, as as Washington did once. Uh, but they both teams went into Provo, Utah, uh, and had much different outcomes. UW uh, just played their absolute best against BYU, and uh, Boise lost that game for their only loss of the season. Um, huh. That was without Hank Bachmeyer, a little bit of quarterback flux there, but um, still, it's it's an interesting um, uh, comparison point there for how the two teams played yeah. in that in that game. Uh, UW four point favorites in this one. I really just can't 
maybe it's just complete unabashed homerism. Can't imagine a world where Chris Peterson doesn't win this game. It is carried off the field by, uh, I don't know, Jordan Chin and, and, uh, <laughs> and Peyton Henry. <laughs> you know, the obvious two people that yes. were carrying him off the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a pretty fitting end. Uh, Boise State is a tough team, that's for sure. It's one of the one of the better teams we will have played this season. Um, so I'm not I'm not counting this as an as an easy win by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm just honestly, I'm just kind of looking for the offense to go out there and put up a efficient, you know, you know, day and kind of lead us into next season with a little bit of optimism on that side of the ball, because it's been a struggle as, as listeners will know from uh, what we've talked about this season on this podcast. Yeah. So um, just give us a little, a little something to look forward to next year, I guess is all I asked for. Yeah. The passing game will be interesting. Obviously how Easton looks uh, without Hunter Bryant. Um, you know, who are those targets? Aaron Fuller's on his way out. He's kind of effectively been phased out of, of the, the targets share uh, in, a, in a major way. Um, for a long time now so you know is this kind of a yeah. a complete youth movement um you know or is Chris Peterson just gonna coach like this is his last game ever and dump the clip and and uh you know really really get those those vets <laughs> out there. pass every play we'll see some we're gonna see some, some yeah wild stuff. there's gotta be some hook and ladder statue of liberty that'd yeah. be great oh and a, a hook and ladder would be would be really a really nice homage um to the whole thing, but maybe he's too, yeah. too classy for that. But uh, <laughs> I, I support it. Um, up up twenty five in the fourth quarter, hook and ladder. <laughs> that, that's what we need. Uh, <laughs> any uh, any other football thoughts before we move on to uh, to the Orange Bowl? Uh, no, like like I said, I'm a bit burned out, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm good as as moving on to uh, the hardwood, so are, to speak. You are ready to eulogize uh, this Husky football season. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we were ready, uh, like post Stanford, to be honest with with this. Yeah. With this one. Um, all right. So UW's last game, uh, basketball game, was the was the Gonzaga loss last Sunday. Um, my first note on the Gonzaga loss is, God damn it, that was that was <laughs> tough. Uh, I cannot stand how how we can't beat them. Uh, they are just so fundamentally sound and don't make mistakes, and we're so unfazed by that crowd uh, that it, the, the 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 way that game was played was just a testament, I think, to uh, Gonzaga's toughness. They were just so dialed in, no matter what the Huskies did. No, how you know the big nod shots, they just stood right right there in the corner and took those in the mouth and got buckets mm-hmm. immediately after those. Um, but it was still a fair yeah. game. It, yeah, it was a very entertaining game. It was incredible how Gonzaga was able to basically keep us at arm's length for the entire game. Um, I think we led at most by three points, and that was at the beginning of the game. And they led at most by nine points. Mm-hmm. But it was right around four to six points, basically, the entire game. And if you look at the game flow, uh, like graph online, you can see that our lines are basically just tracking parallel to each other the whole way um so very entertaining game um those you know some massive shots by gonzaga down the stretch the long three-pointer that tilly made uh with about three minutes left as the shot clock expired and then joel ayayi hit another three with um about 25 seconds left to kind of seal it off granted Nas Carter did have a couple clutch threes at the end to keep us within uh, striking distance, but it just wasn't enough. Um, overall, though, the stat the stats were basically identical, other than mm-hmm. um, turnovers. We were a little bit more careless with the ball compared to Gonzaga, and that just goes back to your point about them being just a really disciplined, you know, sound team uh, taking care of the ball. Um, and then, secondly. Um, we just weren't able to match them on the offensive glass. Uh, they beat us offensive rebounding 11 to two, which was roughly the difference in overall rebounding. Um, they beat us. Well, they beat us by six on that in that category. So um, offensive rebounding and uh, just turnovers, I think were the main areas that we got beaten. in. were you at this one? 
I was. It was it was loud. There was a lot of Gonzaga fans to no surprise, as they normally do um, when they play in Seattle. Um, But, yeah, the the atmosphere was electric. And uh, I just wish we had that kind of atmosphere for more games. So hopefully once we get into a conference, the conference schedule here, we'll see that see heck Ed fill up like it did because it was pretty fun to be in there. Yeah, the the student section has done much better in non-conference, you know, scale of the game or, or not the the you know it's way less sparse than it used to be for the for the just the nobody games early in the season yep. so that's that's a great sign and they really showed out for the gonzaga game um it's interesting yeah. from from a tv perspective i feel like they dialed down the like ambient audio because you couldn't really hear the crowd um very well from the oh, broadcast really? it was interesting um so i was wondering <clears> if that if that translated in in the building but everyone i've talked to said it was it was uh raucous in there um, so yeah. it's, instead of getting that, we got a lot of Bill Walton and I oh. have to say, Oh, Bill, Bill was at his absolute worst. I, he was I, on one. He was so bad. I, I, there's this prism of, of Bill Walton and it's, it's whether yep. your team is winning or not of, of what, whether you're okay with his shit. And when it's that type <laughs> of game and it's just that important and there's, you know, actual basketball to talk about. You can't just just talk shit about Dave Pash, who's not even there, um, and and just like go on and on. And it, it was it was maddening uh, to have Bill Walton broadcast that game. But there will be times this year where we're beating Oregon State by 15, and we have Bill Walton calling the game, and you're happy to have him. Uh, but my God, yeah. when it's a real game, you it just it, it's like get off. There needs to be an alternate broadcast um, for yeah. those who are on DMT and can handle his his his, his words. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's it's a love hate relationship with Bill that I that I have because I I love the guy, but when it's a Husky game, not a huge fan. Yeah. Um, When it when I'm a neutral though, it's you're learning stuff, no new stuff the whole game because it's just talking about the the weirdest, most random stuff. Um, So I mean, it's fun at times, but yeah, I'm sure that can get very annoying. And uh, you weren't the only friend that spoke or told me about how annoyed they were with bill walton so um there's definitely a lot of people out there he spent like three minutes of the broadcast trying to figure out whether it was jade mcdaniel or jade mcdaniels ah, like yes. actually it's like are you kidding me <laughs> and the, the other night this, like, you should just know this the other night against it was the ucla notre dame game he gave out bill walton or um sorry uh uh, John Wooden's phone number on on air. He said, "You know, what? this is this is the number I used to call for John Wooden." Um, so <laughs> I don't even know how ESPN would talk to that guy about uh, professionalism. But uh, like, you're fired, and then he just would show up the next day. Yeah, like, exactly. Wouldn't understand <laughs> exactly. Uh, actual actual basketball stuff. Um, the Huskies are definitely playing faster this year. They are less destructive on defense. Um, so mm-hmm. the the the, the, the defensive rotations and stuff are, are good, not as good as they were last year. Obviously, you're in a better position at the at the back end when uh, your center is is Isaiah Stewart and not Noah yep. Dickerson in terms of rim protection. Um, but the key element of last year that's just totally gone, not totally gone, but um, missing from this year's team is the ability to force turnovers. Uh, last year, forcing turnovers on 24% of possessions down to 21 this year, basically are, you know, forcing a possession, a turnover in one out of every four possessions versus one out of every five, uh, which over a, a full basketball game, uh, leads to a lot of results. Um, and that obviously is the Matisse Thibel effect of just, they haven't been able sure. to re- recapture that magic at the top of the zone, um, and force turnovers. Jamal Bay is active in that regard, but, um, but isn't really able to get home, um, quite to the level that, that Thibel is and Bay just doesn't play the minutes that Thibel did, um, at that level. So, Sure. I don't know if that, that they'll ever get to that port or point where they're that destructive because Matisse Thibel is just literally, uh, you know, unable to be the replicated. best defender <laughs> that we'll ever see play. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they do have to do something because with a young team defensively, if you have lad uh, or you know long long possessions against a good team, they're going to find a way to score, um, and so sure. you you have to be able to, to force turnovers in some way. Yeah, I mean, we you mentioned that we we have been pretty good in the block department, um, mm. protecting the rim. I think we are ranked like 11th 
uh, in that category and block percentage nationally, which is, you know, obviously great. Um, but where we are down the board a bit is on steel percentage. Uh, we're in the mid sixties. Um, so obviously not the same production that you got with Matisse Thibel because just having him alone would, would keep you in the top 20 in that, in that stat. Um, but I, it has been impressive to see, uh, the likes of Isaiah Stewart, you know, not really allow many people to get down low and, um, you know, get easy buckets on him. He's, he's an absolute load and he will block you, like block you every time you get in his neighborhood. So, he's, he's so um, he's, yeah, it's been, it's, that's been a nice addition because that's not something we've had in, in quite a while. Uh, probably since like what Brockman. Yeah. Brock, Brockman wasn't the, the rim protector. I mean, maybe, maybe hot, but it was tough NBA. to, yeah, it was tough to get inside and work against those guys because they just were relentless, kind of like Stewart yeah. from a higher energy standpoint. Definitely. And especially switching to man <laughs> at times, the Dusky team has done um, much more this year than any other Hopkins year. Uh, that ability yep. to get those matchups is, is nice. Um, Isaiah Stewart, fourth best comparison because yeah, Ken Palm does does these uh, comparison points between between players yep. historically. His fourth best comparison. Do you want to guess? Uh, I'm actually his, I'm looking at it right now. Right his now, statistical so. profile. Yeah, Noah Dickerson, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> out of all of everyone in college basketball history, so wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's basically a more upright Noah Dickerson, same kind of um, finesse under the rim, um, you know, ability to, to score with either hand, but it's just so much easier for Stewart to get points than it was with Dickerson. Dickerson had to, to really work uh, to, to get layups, whereas Stewart is just, yeah. you know, uh, a, a dribble and a hook shot or, you know, gets in a position where he can just dunk it or get fouled. Uh, he is going to absolutely destroy some bad front courts um, in, in the in the Pac-12 conference yeah. this year. Um, Gonzaga was equipped to to deal with him, and still he just could not stop fouling him because of how good a position he gets. Um, to the detriment of a couple couple buckets that they fouled him before he got a shot off, or in the ref's eyes before he got a shot off. Um, but he is so fun to watch. Uh, just just the dominance that he he is showing is um, is exactly what you wanted to see from from a prospect like that. Yeah, and speaking of a prospect like that, a player on his same level um, that I would like to see included a bit more or involved a bit more is Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's kind of just you know sitting in the shadows where um, he could really explode if he starts involving himself more and we start involving him more as a team. Um, we all know what Nas Carter can do and we know what Isaiah Stewart can do. And we've seen glimpses of what Jaden McDaniels can do, but I feel like that Gonzaga game, uh, those are the type of games that we need him to kind of take over as that other shot maker, because, um, we don't really have that shot maker this year, uh, that we had in a Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels could easily be that guy. So, um, no one else has really stepped up as that guy yet. And I think he's definitely capable of it. So I would like to see him get more involved and become that player that we so desperately need this season. Yeah. So. He's uh he's an interesting guy. His, um, <laughs> his, his profile is he still does some, some dumb stuff, um, you know, playing, playing like it's high school, dribbling a little bit too much. Um, but yep. you know, in a game like that against Gonzaga, where, you know, you, you need baskets to keep, keep with him. Him only having 10 shots is, is a little disappointing. Um, getting the free throw line twice. Like, uh, he, he is so talented. And if you think about just shot distribution, um, there are just a couple of, of like, yeah, you want to be equitable on offense, but in a game like that, it really just boils down to getting the ball in his hands. And you saw some big shots that he hit. Um, and you know, just kind of a quiet 15, uh, but he he's gonna he's gonna pop at some point, and and uh, people make the Durant comparison with him, but I think he's more like Andrew Wiggins back back when he okay. was in Kansas, um, just mm -hmm. in terms of of uh, how they play. Wiggins loves being back to the basket, not quite McDaniel's game, uh, but at the end of Wiggins' freshman season, I think against West Virginia, he just had forty five, and it was just like, wow, okay, he really gets it now, and I think I think McDaniel's is gonna get there at some point. Um, it's yep. just just kind of figuring out college <laughs> basketball. Yeah, and and speaking of people that are starting to get it, uh, I think we we need to touch on Quade Green because he initially started this season and um, high expectations for the guy coming from Kentucky, five star recruit, you know, McDonald's All America, blah blah blah. Um, didn't really show a whole lot 
to start the year, but uh, the last two games against Eastern and then Gonzaga, he's definitely kind of started to come into his own, um, posting 20 points and 14 points respectively in those two games, along with eight assists in each of those games compared to a uh, only four total turnovers, so a 16 to four uh, assist to turnover margin there, which is pretty solid. Um, also shooting pretty efficiently, about 50 percent from the field uh, in the both the last two games. So um, he's a he's the type of guy that we also need to start contributing and making a difference because um, obviously, you know, point guard, pretty pretty important position on the court. To say the least. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting that you know David Chris brought a lot to the table, but um, you know steady, consistent dis- distribution was not one of them. Um, yeah. So Quade, <laughs> that's kind of his just mo is is just running stuff and it, everything is very controlled and and runs smoothly. Uh, his mm-hmm. size is obviously not ideal at that, at that position, um, and it, I think mm-hmm. it's part of the reason why. Uh, you, you see them switch to man a little bit more than than you have mm-hmm. in previous years, um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's very good and is is getting better. The Baylor game was tough; he did not play well in that game, but I think ever since then has been really consistent. And um, this is once they start figuring out the the him and Isaiah Stewart pick and roll, it's it's yep. gonna be just it's over because yeah, it's gonna be fun. There are so many times when when Isaiah Stewart <laughs> doesn't roll to the hoop and could um, that that just. It, you know, at the college level, that is just something very few teams have have answers for. Um, is is the pick and roll in general, but then a pick and roll that involves Isaiah Stewart and, and a distributor like like Quade Green is is uh, is a leg up on competition. One thing for for uh, in the Ken Palm world, um, two foul participation is a is a really interesting thing and something that um, oh yeah in in previous years has has been a problem with guys like Matisse Thibel. Um, and and uh, Noah Dickerson, who are very foul prone, um, and also even going back to the Vinoy over ten days of just guys who once they get that that second foul ends up they, they get benched and then the team takes a hit as a result of them being off the floor in the first half. Last year the Huskies played their their two foul guys in the first half thirty one point two percent of the time, so seventy seventh in the country. This year that number is seventy point one percent, third in the country of playing guys with two fouls. Um, even though they have two fouls, continuing to play them in the first half. Um, thank God they're doing that because that that directly leads to guys like Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels not being off the floor. Um, mm-hmm. And against with Pac-12 refs, like there's <laughs> just going to be those those games where they get screwed and have two fouls in the first five minutes. Yeah. and you have to continue playing them. It's it's. Just, I was about to say. Yeah, it's you, probably the refs that that have that stat so high right now <laughs> for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- that's part of it is that there have been so many instances of them being um, them getting two fouls in the first half. Uh, but, yeah. but hopefully that trend continues because that that's kind of a, a college basketball hack is is not worrying too much about the two fouls part of things and um, mm-hmm. really just coaching your guys about how to play with two fouls uh, is, you know, you get you get 90 percent of their defensive output um, while keeping their offensive output on the floor. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I hadn't caught that. So um I think I think there's one person here that we need to discuss. Um, Riley Swan. It's <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we need to talk about Hamir right because this has been a, a weird. This has been a weird season for Hamir. Uh, I feel like his role has completely changed um, to being strictly a three point shooter, which is just baffling to me. Um, I, I'm honestly on the verge of they've now moved the um they've now moved the the media section uh at heck ed to the same section that my seats are in so i walk by uh by percy allen every every time i go go into the arena and i'm i'm tempted to ask him next game like do you know anything about this do you know why why hamir wright is only a three-point shooter now especially given the fact he's not a good three-point shooter either. I think he's like a 25% career three-point shooter. Um, it just seems strange to me. I understand we don't really have a player that is that you know three-point guy that we can kind of go to, but he would not be the first person to choose if it were up to me. So yeah, I don't. This one's strange. It's it just, is. I don't. It is strange. He has um, eleven two-point attempts this year and thirty-two three-point attempts. So the, he has definitely moved his game. Uh, much farther away from the basket. He is 
not a good offensive player. Um, there's been moments, you know, he, he has this a couple of, of go-to moves. You know, he'll get one at the, the top of the arc and try and, uh, you know, t- pump fake a guy and get to the get to the rim. Not very good at that. Um, the you know if it, so it's just kind of like if you can't get to the rim if you can't really bang inside which isn't really his thing uh, what no. can you do because I think that this team needs his defensive length and benefits from his ability to to rebound and to you know to be be all the things that he brings defensively so what what can he do on offense that keeps him on the floor and it shoot threes and the the level that he's shooting the clip 31% not good enough uh this season uh, you know but it only really takes he's 10 to 32 if he's 12 of 32 then that's you know now he, now he's shooting 36% basically from 3 yeah. um and it's a whole different story so he's right on the fringe he needs to to be more consistent and and you know just hit you know one out of every three shots essentially to 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 mm-hmm. justify his role because this team doesn't really have um, shooters outside of outside of him, uh, you know Jamal Bay is an, a, an accomplished shooter. Nas Carter is streaky, and I wouldn't say consistent or reliable in that regard. Mm-hmm. So this is just me justifying why he's there. But it is very interesting that that, um, that he his profile has has changed this much um, for not really having the the skill set to uh, to justify it. Yeah, and um, I mean I'm I'm looking at it now. He. <laughs> Surprisingly, he actually attempted more threes last season uh, as well. Um, he not that is not the case uh, the twenty eighteen the twenty seventeen eighteen season, um, but he did yeah. So I don't know. It's just he he doesn't look comfortable out there. It doesn't look like that's a shot at all. Um, even if he's shooting thirty one percent, which is a bit better than the twenty four percent he shot from three last year. Um, I just I don't know. It just it just doesn't. Doesn't really add up to me, but um, if he can keep nudging those numbers up, I guess I can't really talk anymore. So yeah, I mean, if, um, if, if he's if he's not shooting and, and he's only shooting three or four times a game, and one of them goes in, you know, it's not it's not that really of a of a huge detriment. Um, but I, yeah. there's, there's other part of Amir Wright's games that bother me more. Uh, he when teams press and it ends up with the point guard and and him uh, trying to get the ball up the court. Yeah, basically, one one of those is going to end up in a in a in a dunk for the other team because of just there he he messes that up somehow. Um, yeah, so that's got to get better because you know we saw against Oregon last year the Huskies were killing Oregon until they started pressing. Uh, I think that that'll yeah. come back at some point. So got to be ready for those moments and make better. It's decisions. been better this season, to be fair. But yeah, against the press, but yeah, it's still you still feel nervous when you see it happen, just given the the trauma of last yeah. last season in regards to the to the press. And I think that there's there's two there's two types of Hamir Wright threes. There's the type that he hit against Baylor, the the you know corner end of the shot clock, um, uh-huh. you know, gotta have it type three. That's totally fine, and and I think yep. is in his wheelhouse, and, and you can justify that. It's the it's the couple we saw against Gonzaga. The uh, I have the ball, 15 seconds left in the shot clock, spinning three point attempt like he's Elson Turner. Um, <laughs> those are a little bit harder to justify. Um, yeah, much harder to justify, and actually, just those those can't happen. Like like uh-huh. there's there's no reason for in a, in a basketball sense for for that shot to go up. And I think yeah, it's, I think it's it, I think that, it yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just I think it's the volume too of yeah. the attempts he's taking from three. Um, I'm okay if he's taking a few. He took five uh, against Gonzaga. I just think that's a few too many. I'd rather see like a Jamal Bay taking a few of those off his hands instead. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He he could very very much so improve as we move into conference play here, um, but. Again, it's been kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, it's a good thing we, we switched off off a of video because you would have seen me just uh, react to getting coffee grounds in my coffee. That was a tough mm. tough moment for your boy there, but we'll we'll pull through. Um, another Ken Palm note going forward for this season: there are five Ken Palm top fifty teams in the Pac twelve, including Washington, which is great. Um, eight mm-hmm. in the top sixty six. Uh, which bodes well for a, a, a strong strength of schedule going forward. Um, the Huskies will also get a shot at Houston, hopefully, if everything goes right, uh, in the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. That'll be on Christmas Day, which would be an awesome, awesome thing to have the Huskies play against a big-time team on Christmas. Sign me up. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I liken this team to uh, seeing my nephews. Because they're they're both young and very young, and so when I see them, it's often in six month intervals, and they are entirely different people every time I see them, uh, and no <laughs> no new words and new things, and are interested in new things. 
And just yeah. the, the growth rate with this team, with Stuart and McDaniels especially, um, they're they are going they are getting better already and are going to get so much better by the end of the season. Um, that uh, it's it's really exciting and every every game is just something entirely new with this team. Whereas last year's team was just so uh, you know continued from from previous years with that whole team basically from from the Mike Hopkins first year coming back last year. Um, that uh, you know it's it it was almost not stale, but you knew what to expect. This year's team is total wild card. They you know. Anything yeah. can happen with with these guys, um, and you're already seeing some huge strides with uh, with Stewart McDaniel's and Quane, um, all getting much better from from game one. Yeah, that's scary to think about uh, Isaiah Stewart getting better than what he's been so far because he's been pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. The the free throw yeah. shooting, if it continues at the same rate he, against Gonzaga, where he's just nails from there. That's 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 uh, that's auto bucket stuff. Where just yeah. anytime he touches the ball is basically. Um, at least a point for your offense from a, yep. from a points per possession thing. That's that's a very nice thing to have in college basketball. Uh, any other general thoughts before we make the the tougher together official bingo board of the 2020 season? Uh, no, I think that's it. I just it's an exciting year. I, like you said, uh, who knows what we really have in this team? But w- what we do know is we have a lot of talented players that um, you know if they if things pan out. The way we think they should be able to, uh, this could be an exciting team to watch come down the stretch. And you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't make it into the tournament again this season. So. Yeah, with some with some very fun games coming forward. With uh, you know, a couple against Arizona, home against Oregon, the Houston game as mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, uh, Colorado is going to be great this year. Oregon State's interesting at least. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be really fun, uh, especially if isn't it fun to compete in basketball again oh it's so nice yeah i mean when <laughs> when one or when one of those teams the, the football team sucked and basketball was good that was fun too but when they're yeah. both good and you basically have from you know august to uh april essentially of of stuff to to look forward to um yeah it's 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 real nice uh um, distract us from the impending doom of the marriage <laughs> season essentially uh, yeah, I thought you were gonna say like <laughs> impending doom of being a citizen of the United States, but that's a that's a whole different uh, whole different topic. I would I would never bring such an explosive topic. <laughs> yeah, uh, stay in our lane. Um, let's make this big board. We need twenty five slots, um, including a free space. Uh, traditionally, I've done the free space being uh, Mike Hopkins takes his jacket off. Uh, are okay. you comfortable? Let's let's start there uh, as the center yep. of our board, and then uh, I'll just throw it to you for for our next idea. My first bullet on the bingo board notes I took is or was is Hopkins jacket off the free space. So <laughs> on the same we're on the same same page in that regard. Boy, we share brains um, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so another space I would like to add is the Will Conroy arms out. Uh, Ooh. You know how he's always standing on the sideline with his arms spread wide, like to get in a defensive position or stance. Yes, I feel like he does that pretty frequently, but you have to be able to see it on the broadcast. Right. Okay. Yep. And and how about this? Because you will you will be in stadium um, for at least a few games. Yep. If you notice yep. it, does it and, and the broadcast doesn't catch it? Do we count that? No, I think this is strictly. Bro- I think we need to set set it that it, this is broadcast viewing. I like it. Yeah, that's that's a very very good distinction. Um, okay, there's that one, and there's also with with Conroy, uh, famously when we beat Kansas two years ago, screaming poise over and over throughout throughout the second <laughs> half of that game. Um, there's that one, but I haven't heard that one as much. Defensive stance is no. is, uh, is is a much better one. All right, we've got two. Um, I had one, and it's it's the subject of Nas Carter dunks. Obviously, that's yeah. that's that's something that's got to be on the board. It's just what's yep. the quantity um, of of dunks that we put there. I think the safest one is is. Uh, Two plus. So if he gets two in a game or anything okay. more than two, uh, then we check that off. Yeah, I like it. Okay. All right. Up to three. What do you got there? Um, I think this one, let's see here. Um, what about Jaden McDaniel's headband? He's kind of gone in and out of the headband game so far this year. Um, I don't know if that's that too much of a gimme or not um, because I think he's been more so in the headband department as of late. Um, but that could be a, that could be a nice one, whether or not he's wearing a headband maybe to start the game. Yeah, I, I've seen him change it up mid game. So hmm. I don't, I don't know how we'd manage that, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, 
the J-Mag or just headband. Headband in general. Yes. So if, if we he wears a head point, headband at any point in the game, uh, it, it counts. Um, I like it. Yeah. Let's let's go uh, <clears throat> on the subject of our of our man uh, Hamir Wright. Exactly one Hamir Wright made three pointer. Okay. It can't be more than one. It can't be zero. Exactly one. Okay, I like it because if we get two, you know, you know that's that's a that's a fun enough you know yeah, prize exactly. to have. It's the emotional. We don't edge. need the bingo space. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly one. So we're up to four now, including the the free space. <laughs> Make it moving right along. Yeah. Um, I think uh, another one here is the broadcast references Syracuse in any fashion. Okay. I have a few of these in this, in this regard. Um, okay. Does your, are yours a little more specific? Would it be better to break that up? So no? let's, let's talk about a few of these. I like the Syracuse one or, or um, uh, Jim Beheim's name getting mentioned on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, yep. Let's okay. So let's, let's do that one. Syracuse or Beheim reference. Okay. Is a, is a square. Mine was Matisse Thibel's name being said on the broadcast at any point. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then another one is Jay Z's name being said on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's honestly kind of a pet peeve of mine. If you go on ESPN, um, they'll post you know like highlights after the game, and the caption of all the Nas Carter highlights are almost always Jay Z's uh, nephew. nephew. It's like, come on, guys! Yeah. Like, well, he hasn't even been to a game yet. You know, that's not. Let's talk about Nas Carter here, not Jay Z. They uh, they like um, they like those clicks in uh, in that world, and so Jay Z's nephew yeah. rings a little bit better than Naziah Carter. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, how about anything that's some Quaddy Green toughness Philly combo, um, tough Philly point guard, <laughs> something like that about Quaddy Green? Okay. Well, how would how would that be defined though? How would you know? That's that's a little broad. Anything where they mention toughness and Philadelphia. Okay, in, so in the, the broadcast itself is mentioning it. Yes. Okay, it's not something he's doing necessarily. No, 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 no. Yep. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, um, how about just an easy one here, but let's just do Isaiah Stewart double-double. Like it. Because, you know, he's kind of, I mean, he's going to get the double-digit points, but uh, which I think he's done in every game so far this season, but he's kind of on the fringe from a rebounding standpoint. He's yeah. averaging eight rebounds. So that one could go either way. And, and it's, it's double-double. Uh, I guess it could be anything. But, I mean, it's obviously <laughs> going to mo- more than likely be. Made three-pointers. Yes, would be the other. The <laughs> other. Uh, yeah. I, on the subject of Isaiah Stewart, um, the broadcast making an com- uh, uncomfortable comment about his physique in any way. Broad shoulders, muscles, uh, yeah, okay. any, anything that kind of makes you feel weird um, about it, Isaiah Stewart. I like it. I don't like it when oh. they say it, but oh, uh, don't! But you should add it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I think that's ten, but I'm quickly losing track, so let's <laughs> continue going. Okay. Um, I'm also running out of ideas, so this should be interesting. Chill. Um, what about Jaden McDaniel's wearing different colored shoes? Ooh. He's worn different shoes in a few games so far this year um my dad was uh was very know. confused about that yeah so it was my dad <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah he just does it Big to, to dad uh, con- confuse dads across king county <laughs> this isn't right <laughs> <laughs> what the is my tv set working? different colors <laughs> um, my colorblind <laughs> How about um, in the statistical realm, uh, the team, UW as a whole, 10 plus combined steals and blocks? Okay, I like it. Okay. Um, Let me, I'm I'm taking a peek at the box scores recently, but I've noticed the rotation has been really small. Um, We've only, we only played seven, uh, eight players, I guess, against Gonzaga. So maybe we do like if nine players, like nine players, uh, make an appearance. Okay. Like nine plus players appearance. I had I had one. I had one in this this vein that was uh, basically um, the white fellas into the game. 
So the uh, <laughs> okay. the, the Jason Crandalls of the world, uh, more than yep. one, and they can't be Sam Timmons enter the game at the same time. More than one, and Sam Timmons does not count. Correct. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> can't forget about our uh, <laughs> those fellas. Um, nope. How about uh, how about an ill-advised Tamir three-point attempt? Okay, and we're good with that kind of not being a, you know, like black and white thing. We got to, you know, ill-advised is up to your own interpretation. Is yeah, what I'm getting I'll, I will be the arbiter of, of how how, <laughs> okay. how advised the three-point attempt. So look to Twitter, look to your Twitter on the ruling um, yes. when, when Hamir shoots a three. Yes, ideally people are playing along at home and, and reverberating um, just how dumb of, of his decision was. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, hmm. I have one. Uh, is, go ahead. Yeah, go okay. ahead. No, I, I don't have one. So <laughs> I was going to say this is the point where I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> uh, the other team, so the, the opponent, is in the bonus before the under eight timeout. Okay. That's beautiful. And that'll that'll be very possible once we get into conference play. Yeah. So so we imagine we're we're for playing for sure have full Pac-12 crews. Exactly. No imagine we're playing Utah and they are in the bonus at the 9:15 mark, uh then we check that box. Perfect. I've seen that happen uh I've seen us be in the double bonus by like the 12 minute time. Oh out. yeah. So yeah. It's Anything the season, possible. So it's possible. Yeah. Absolute dumpster fire in that regard. <laughs> But um here we are yep let's uh I what, have, a, what about a uh raekwon battle marcus sahonis like combo either one of them see the floor okay we could also put like bpj in there too if you want one of battle bpj and uh sahonis sahonis play yeah for for reference uh each of those three players have only appeared in three or fewer games this season. How about one that's five or more team dunks? Okay. Okay. There's a quad A assists one here. Yep. I, I need to f- figure out what that wh- what that number would be. Maybe seven plus. Yeah. He's averaging five point two. And he's done eight the last two games, and then had one, and then had ten. We could even do eight. Yeah, I, I had it at six plus because <laughs> I, I like scoring. Um, so to okay. to get that that box checked a little bit easier. Okay, um, if you're good with that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, how about um, the Huskies switch to man at any point in the game? All right. Um, have you seen McDaniels play on top of the zone, uh, since like the first game or two? That's a good uh, question. Cause if, if he has intermittently, that would be another one. Um, but I don't know how common that is. So I don't want to just throw a space in that we're never going to get. Yeah. But I do know one of the first couple games that he was playing on top of the zone and it was a sight to behold to say the least. That is that is nice. Um, how about Isaiah Stewart five plus fouls drawn? Okay, feel like that one should be easy. Yeah, um, yeah. Whistle whistle magnet. Um, what about team uh, UW as a team shoots over seventy five percent from the free throw line for the game? Okay. They're averaging 71.6% right now as a team. And I think we were at 74% during the Gonzaga game for, for context. That is, that's a good one. I like that and something to root for, obviously. Um, Should um, we throw Nate Roberts in the uh, BPJ battle Sahonis yeah. one as well? Just kind of make that a, a, a group one. The other Nate Rob? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think how many how many left do we need? I think that's twenty. How about a okay. how about a, a, a Jade McDaniel's deep pull up two made? Okay. 
What about a it's going off of that? What about a Isaiah Stewart pull up jumper as well? He's any, attempted any Isaiah, only a, any Isaiah Stewart made jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are few and far between. But I feel like that's something that we're going to see him incorporate into his game as we move into the season. Yeah. Um, given something he can do. He just given that really uh, his season is yet. basically one long uh, NBA audition. Exactly. Uh, he would like to put that on tape. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, I feel there's a there's a little bit of, of – Jamal Bay is just hard to predict. Like he's, there's just not enough yeah, about who his is team. He? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we could do something surrounding him starting or Hamir starting because that seems to be the the back and forth routine right now from a starting lineup standpoint. Or Quade not know. starting because that that's happened at least once. Yeah, uh, Quade not starting counts as a. Although that's that's looking more rare as yeah. we're moving into the season. How about uh, McDaniel's compared to Kevin Durant? Yeah, book it. We need a Sam Timmons one as well. That's we true. need actually probably two or three Sam Timmons ones. Uh, I would hope that the Sam Timmons three-point attempts are becoming a regular thing. Um, maybe I don't <laughs> hope that, actually. But um, that's uh, that's certainly on the table. Um, you could just do like Sam Timmons New Zealand reference or something like that. <laughs> How about the, the, the unfortunate one is like Sam Timmons misses Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. But um, all right. Let me count these up. This is great audio. One, two, three, yeah. four, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine. Our 10, listeners 11, still there. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, oh, two more. Okay. 24, actually. I just found it. I'm oh, okay. No, no, nice. That's I, I think we got it, actually, because I didn't uh, bold 75% free throw. So. I'm honestly amazed because I had maybe six ideas on my <laughs> notes coming into this. So I was like really convinced that this was going to go poorly, but we've somehow reached the mountaintop. Yeah, no, that's, this is good. Um, I'll, I will put these on and, and normally if, if, uh, if the other team has some distinguishing factor about them, then we can incorporate those into it. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, or if so you'll Bill, mix and match, if Bill Walton is calling the game, um, that adds the rainbow road to the, oh, to yeah. the board, of course. So, <laughs> um, th- there will be variations to this, but at least to Perfect. start, uh, we will rock with this for, for the Seattle U game. Um, and then go from Wonderful. there. And I will actually not be in attendance to that one. I'm giving up my ticket. So I will be watching along on the broadcast and eligible to play. Fantastic. So that's yeah, exciting I, as well. I might, I might have you man the board that night because uh, that is my company Christmas party. And I can't uh, promise that I will be able to watch the uh, the Seattle U game. But uh, The honor would be all mine. Yeah. You, you've you've worked your whole life for this. And I think it's, yeah, I think I really it's time. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> I might take the day off work just to make <laughs> Yeah, I might quit my job to uh, be a full-time <laughs> bingo board operator on Twitter. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, this is good, man. We did four downs. Uh, we, you know, bitched and moaned about Gonzaga, Bill Walton, and we are coming out of here with a brand new bingo board, a, a productive uh, value-add podcast, if there ever was one. Yep, and if we're lucky enough, we still have listeners So yeah, uh, that, are, that have stuck through this whole bingo process. Yeah, so. shouts out to our dads. Thanks to you. Definitely have yeah, made it this thanks, far. Yeah, thanks, dads. Uh, even if even if we did offend them with the the different colored shoes comments, um, we we appreciate you guys. Uh, all right, man. Well, I will see you in in Seattle um, next week, and uh, we will congregate for the for the bowl game uh, and uh, and talk then. Sounds good. As always, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>